Well, welcome. Uh, many of you know who I am. I've been worshiping here at Third Church for a long time. My name's Brian Vandaloon. I serve as an elder. Typically, I sit right down here. I'm about a year and a half into the process of becoming a commissioned pastor, and so today I have the wonderful experience and privilege of team teaching with Kevin. So I'm going to kind of kick a few things off, give a few ideas that have lifted for me, and then we'll bring Kevin up. And uh, I think we will, uh, hopefully, the Holy Spirit will stir some things in your heart as he has done in ours. So I, I ran across a story that is kind of an interesting one. I think it kind of sets the stage for where God has taken me. And, and it actually took place about this time of year back in 1903. And the story's been told that it came about when Orville and Wilbur Wright had just had the opportunity and just, in fact, were successful in getting their flying machine off the ground for the first time. And in their excitement, they sent their sister a telegram saying this, we have actually flown 120 feet and we will be home for Christmas. And in her excitement, she took that message to the editor of the newspaper and he said, oh, how nice, the boys will be home for Christmas. The point is, they, he missed the big story. He missed the big story, and, and as I thought about that, I think about my own life, and I think maybe this shoe might fit with a lot of you, that in this time of year, this season, where there's pressure to get things done, there's pressure to have the house looking just right, there's the pursuit of the perfect gift, there's, again, prepping the house for the, the family that's coming, and, and we got Dutch fronts that we try to put on for them because we keep a good, clean house, and we don't want anybody to think that we don't, and there's just all that that's going on. And I know that's where a lot of us come from today. And I just wonder, have we missed the big news? No, I know, I know, you're probably like me. You're probably like me and you know the story of Jesus. Many of us, we could probably almost recite Luke 2. You know the story of how they, you know, the, the donkey and how they went to Bethlehem and, and how there was the census and, and they went to the city of David and you know about the stable and the angels and, and the shepherds. You know all the facts. But do you know the big story? Verse 11 tells it very clearly. It says that a Savior, a Savior has been born to you. Not just any baby, but a Savior has been born to you, that he is the Messiah, God with us, the Messiah, the Lord. You know, as I've been studying and looking at Luke 2, probably like I've never looked at it before over the last month, two different words really have jumped off the page at me, and I'd just like to share them with you because I think it may help you kind of move forward through this Christmas season. One is found in verse 19, and it says, Mary pondered. Mary pondered. And then the second one is in the next verse where it says, the shepherds praised or they went praising. So we're going to talk a little bit about pondering and praising. Now, you know, ponder is not one of those words, unless you do a lot of crossword puzzles, that we talk a lot about, really think about. So I kind of had to think, let's get down to the bare bones, really, what is the definition? What does pondering really mean? What does that look like in my life and maybe in yours? So a simple defin really, a definition really is to give careful thought to, or to contemplate, or to meditate on. And I know if your life is anything like me, that time of pondering, maybe, 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 is in the shower, or maybe, maybe, maybe in my short seven-minute commute to work, 
Not much pondering goes on in my life. You know, because I think this is an important thing to note. Pondering really is more than just acknowledging the facts. Like I said before, I think we could probably, most of us could recite the facts of the, of the Christmas story. But it really, it's, it's about having something new presented to us. And it's really kind of interesting because I ran across this where that made sense to me when, when I heard that pondering is really like a plow to your heart. When you let that happen and what the Holy Spirit can do. The best word picture I can give you, the best one is I don't do a whole lot of gardening. My wife is a wonderful gardener. She does a lot of things and we have just this real small little garden in our backyard. I've got one job. Most years I do it. Not every year, I've got to be honest. Most years I do it, and that one job is to get the spade out of, off of the wall in the kitchen. It's the only time of year it ever gets used, and I turn the soil. Isn't it amazing how hard and crusty and solid that soil becomes after just a few months? That's the picture, I think, as I think about my heart. My heart to the Christmas story, sometimes, it's not that I don't agree with it, it's not that I don't celebrate it, but it really is kind of hard. So what my prayer as we ponder is that the Holy Spirit will maybe do something like that spade in my garden, where something new, something fresh will maybe rise for you as you take some time to ponder. So last week on Sunday, for those of you who worship with us, Pastor Keith was mentioning and suggesting that we be like Mary. So I'm going to follow that and again say, I'm going to invite you to be like Mary. Take some time. Maybe even make some time to ponder. So what do we ponder? Oh, the list is endless. I could go on, but for limited time, let me just give you a quick running total of some things I thought of. The goodness and the faithfulness of God. How about, like Mary, that his promises are true? What she was promised by the angel came true, and we can say the same things. How about if we ponder, what does it mean when Jesus calls us his friends? Or that we are going to rule and reign with him forever for eternity. That we're sons and daughters of the king. Have you ever taken the time to just really just sit and ponder that? What does that mean? You know, I'm all about good practical application, so I'm going to give you what I've experienced over the last few months. Again, 50-some years old, and I will tell you that some of these things I talk about have not come into my life until relatively recently. So if, if they help you, I think that, uh, take it for what it, what it is intended to be. The first one, pondering. How can we do that? Really, it's something we've all heard many, many times, and it's read or pray the Psalms. Just take some time. I've never really read much of the Psalms. I did as a kid when we did the token uh, devotions after, after our meal, but really take the time to read them. It was really, uh, since this spring, has been the first time that I've actually taken the time with a pencil in hand and read through the Psalms. How about this one? This one I will challenge you to try. I challenge you to take whatever your daily devotions might look like. I challenge you to be like the conversation I had with Kevin on Friday at lunch. I challenge you to think about what if Kevin asked you to preach on what you just read. I promise you'll look at things a little differently. You'll think about what does that mean to me? What might that mean to the guy that I work with? How could this bless me? How could what I'm reading maybe bless somebody else? I challenge you to think of maybe your devotional time maybe in a little different light. 
Another thing that I ran across in my studies uh, this winter, have you ever heard of the attributes of God? If you've never heard of that, you probably have, you just didn't know maybe that that's what they were called. I would challenge, I'm going to encourage you to Google attributes of God and maybe make that part of your devotional time in December. There are some beautiful, beautiful attributes of our Father that we don't give much time to. They're facts again, but I'm going to ask you and encourage you to ponder. One that I've done the last year, and I'm not going to read through it, but I'm going to again suggest you to look it up on the internet or wherever it is, because it is amazing. There is a sermon by an old-time African-American minister. His name is S.M. Lockridge, and the name of the sermon is That's My King. Oh, I'm, I'm serious. I'm getting goosebumps. If you've never listened to, print out the words to what he says. He talks about he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he goes on and on for about six minutes during the sermon. And it is powerful. I'm going to promise you one thing. You do that every day for 30 months in January. You'll go to work or you'll go to school with a whole different attitude. You're going you're gonna to have a light shining like you maybe have never had before. So I'm going to ask you to take time to ponder. The last thing I would also do as we worship, I'm guilty of this one probably more than anybody here. Take the time. Practice when we finish with our, with our teaching time. Take the time to actually think about and ponder the words you're singing. Because I know I just go through and you sing, you sing, you sing, and I don't even really remember what I was saying. Take the time to ponder when we do this next set of songs what it is that you're actually singing. Second word that, rose, that lifted for me was praise. Praise him for who he is and for what he's done. The shepherds were praising, and so the Holy Spirit has just really convicted me the last few weeks on this fact alone. He said, Brian, how often do you praise Jesus just because he deserves it? Just because he deserves it. So I'm going to encourage you to just praise you know, for many of us, one way that I've thought to do this, for many of us, if I stand here and just mention off or list off, there are different, whether they're old-time hymns or whether they're some of the more contemporary worship songs, there's different ones that as I just say the name, you're going to quickly probably, in your brain, you're going to think of the lyrics, and if you're like me, you can almost get goosebumps here. You know, whether it's How Great Thou Art, to Holy, 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 or maybe some of the more modern ones of, of The Great I Am, or 10,000 reasons, I can just think of those words and they just send shivers. The Holy Spirit does something in us. So my encouragement to you, try this for part of your worship time. Print off the words of some of those old hymns or your favorite worship song. And as you're doing scripture, also read some of those. And I also just want to say this before I kind of start wrapping up. I also want to understand as we sit here in a crowd this size, as I prayed earlier, there are some of us that are literally hurting. We are hurting physically, we're hurting emotionally, we are, our dreams have been shattered, we're not sure what's going to happen next year, our job may or may not be there. There's a lot of stuff going on. Can I just encourage you, because one of the things that I found as I was reading through the Psalms, never had run across this Psalm before, and I say it to all of us, if you're going through one of those periods specifically to you, but to all of us to remember, write this one down. It's Psalm 68, 19. Many of you maybe already know it, but this is how it goes. It says, praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily, who daily bears our burdens. That's powerful. That's powerful. So again, in this time of 
Christmas cookies and candy and cuddling with grandkids and just the flat-out craziness of what's going on, I'm going to encourage you to ponder and to praise. Because then, my dear friends, we won't miss the big news. The big news that it's not just a baby that we're celebrating that was born. It's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And as I bring Kevin up, I'm going to just bring up one last song, an old worship song that has just resonated with me the last, that I've been pondering the last few weeks. And it goes like this, one sentence, and it says, Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, have died for me? Thank you, Brian. A year ago this night, Lane and I and our other several sons visiting drove, drove to New Sharon, where our youngest son is buried. He died about 18 months ago. And I have shared with you many times to our congregation that the word, the idea, the picture of the Lord that's more precious to me is the shepherd idea. So hold that dear shepherd for a second. This past week, I've been invited into the lives of people I love. And these are the kinds of things that we've talked about. Sexual betrayal, sexually transmitted diseases, misuse of money, sexual abuse, violence in the home, and the list went on. As I listen to the stories of people I love, people that are part of our family, my heart was so heavy. And I began to think, what would the word of the Lord be to people who need to be encouraged and strengthened? I want to come back to the idea of shepherd because it's in our story. Brian read it, Deb read it to us. What's interesting about the story about the shepherds is that they were the outliers. The shepherds were the people on the margins. Isn't it interesting that the story of Jesus' birth is given first to the people on the margins? But the story has multiple levels of nuance. I didn't know this till this year, but the place where they watched the sheep had a tower called uh, Migdal Eder. If you Google it, you'll find this great big tower. And the shepherds would be up in the tower, and they would watch over the flock so that no one would steal them or kill them. Nothing would kill them. Something ha interesting happened, the story that we read. An angel appeared and said a baby was to be born. And then a whole multitude of angels. And several scholars suggest, listen to this, all the angels of heaven appeared. So here are these shepherds, the outliers, the people who've been marginalized, looking up at the tower and see all these angels. And they are told they are supposed to go to some place in Bethlehem and look for a manger and look for a baby. Now, I've heard the story many times, as Brian alluded to, but there's nuance here. Watch the nuance. Those shepherds were in charge of raising the Passover lambs for the Jewish people. And once a year at the Passover, perfect lambs, no blemishes, no broken bones, no spots, were brought to the temple for worship to sacrifice for all the people. At the tower, at the base, do you know what they did when a perfect lamb was born? They wrapped the lamb in swaddling clothes. 
And they laid the lamb in a manger. And what did the angel say? You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. What popped in their heads? This baby is the perfect lamb. And the people on the fringes, on the outside, who just never quite fit in, who just... Now go back to my story, how I started. I have a whole number of friends who have gone through amazingly difficult times this week. And the story of the birth of this baby is he is the Savior of the world. He is the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. One of the things that's been so revolutionary for me in my last few years is do you affirm this as I do? That Jesus' sacrifice of love paid for all of our sins, past, present, and future. As I listen to my friends and all the hurt and pain, because you see, sin always wrecks relationships. Sin always affects this. Oh, yes, it affects this. But it affects this. And so some of my friends who've been betrayed and so hurt this week cried out with great pain. How can I go on? And how can I respond when I've done this or this or this has happened to me? Can I remind you that Jesus who came as a baby is the perfect Lamb of God. His blood and love covers off all our sins. So listen to me, please. No matter what I did 10 years ago, or what I did yesterday, or what I did today, or what I will do four years from now, which break relationships, which causes hurt and pain and loss, listen to me carefully. If you have a relationship with Jesus, he is your lamb. His death covered your sins. Listen to me. Nothing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. And on this night, those outlying shepherds were quickened because they saw that this baby was the one who came to set people free. The scriptures say, Jesus, Revelation, Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain before the foundation of the earth. Did you hear what I just said? Before the earth was created, before you were ever conceived, before you and I have ever done anything, we have someone who loves us this much. And if I, could, if I could, if I had permission, and you would allow me, I would pray for the Holy Spirit to give me an anointing, and I would hold each of you one by one. I'd hold, you, I'd hold your cheeks, your face. And if you'd let me look into your heart, I would say this to every single person in this room. Jesus loves you. I'm going to do a funeral, Lord willing, on Friday. A man who I loved a great deal. Not well educated. A man that many would never consider as a, a, a famous, successful person. But a man who loves Jesus. 
I was sick for several days as he was dying. As I went into the comfort house, he went like this. He wanted me to get in bed with him. So I laid in bed with my friend and we put our arms around each other. And I said to my friend, soon, soon, Jesus is going to come and take you home. Do you know how much Jesus loves you, Harry? He smiled. At the end of his service on Friday morning, we are going to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. We celebrate a baby who is a savior, who offers us a life of abundance now and forever. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Lord, we want to bless you and thank you and honor you for your love for each of us, your willingness to come to this planet as a little baby, to be perfectly, wonderfully submissive to your Father, and to be a sacrifice of love that we might receive and experience and know an abundant life that has no end. So we thank you, Lord, for this holy night and the privilege we have to worship and to praise and to ponder. We honor you and we thank you and we praise you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.